Chief Manager's Global Headquarters. This is Around the Block with Jeff and Dave. Good day. Welcome to the pilot episode of Around the Block with Jeff and Dave. We got a lot of exciting things here today. We got John McAfee. We got Tim Draper. We got the news of the day. You're not going to want to miss this. So I'm here with Dave. Say hello, Dave. Hello, hello. Good morning. So this is going to be amazing. It's just absolutely fascinating. I can't believe every day that goes by, uh, it's just amazing. I sit down on my computer in the morning and I start reading, you know, stuff on BTC Manager and on Reddit. And it's just every day there's something amazing. For example, this morning I was reading, uh, Fed sees part of Bitfinex's missing funds and they have been making arrests. Um, and that's all from the, the crypto capital thing. Um, so crypto capital, for the folks that don't know, uh, are the folks that are behind uh, Bitfinex, uh, Quadringa CX, uh, Coinapult, and uh, CEX.io. So if you have your funds, either Bitcoin or US dollars or euros, if you have any of your money on any one of those exchanges, then crypto capital is involved with that account. So what crypto capital does is they provide banking as a service uh, to different exchanges. And I first became aware of them about 2013 when I was in Denver uh, with Dave and we would go to the Bitcoin meetups and uh, I happened to read an article about Hadlock Investments opening up you know, the investments uh, in, in Bitcoin to this crypto capital. They put out a whole prospectus and everything in exchange for shares. Um, and I bought in about my Bitcoin worth uh, into crypto capital. I never received anything. They've never paid dividends. In fact, if you look on blockchain.info, or rather, I should say Bitcoin Talk, uh, if you look on there, there's a whole thread of people very disappointed their Havelock investment into crypto capital. And actually, crypto capital supposedly bought Havelock investment. In any case, long story short, so crypto capital provides banking as a service. And so what they would do is they would get a shell company. Basically, it's the definition of money laundering. They would get a shell company, uh, some random XYZ company. They would go to America uh, or to Taiwan or to wherever, go to HSBC and open a bank account um, and say, yeah, we're, I don't know, doing cosmetics. They would open a bank account and then they would turn around and have all this money coming in from people all over the world running to their bank accounts. In this case, though, the U.S. government, Department of Justice, sees uh, $850 million, uh, in one of these accounts actually belonging to Bitfinex and crypto capital and uh well all hell started to break loose now there's a whole cast of really shady characters that have been uh coming out and uh that's a part of this because the bottom line is uh the fiat monetary system the banking system they're trying to fight back against all this you know money that's going into crypto 
So it's really interesting, this whole Bitfinex thing. Um, now, Bitfinex trying to make, you know, the customers get a hole again are taking money from anywhere they can. And that's why you see the premium price rising on uh, the U.S. dollar to Bitcoin rate. It's because part of that premium is they're wanting money, they're wanting U.S. dollars, and they're giving a discount, in a sense, to get U.S. dollars so that they can uh, pay it out to other people or potentially later on during an exit scam, just the same as Quadriga CX. Quadriga CX, for example, uh, we only have a death certificate. We have no idea if the guy really did die or not. They didn't even spell his name on the death certificate, you know. So that's a very interesting crypto capital situation, and we're going to continue to follow this over the next few days. So... It's interesting. What do you think, David? Well, it's just it is interesting. I find it amazing that uh, that people still uh, and I, I I think it's the newbies that do it, but it's not. There, so many people leave their funds on exchanges, and they leave themselves exposed and susceptible to to all of these potential uh, crimes and things that can happen. You know, you you have to be controlling your own funds it's like uh, Andrea says not your keys not your Bitcoin quite right quite right um, and I keep a little Bitcoin I have in a ledger um, how about you David how do you keep your Bitcoins well it, there's several ways I actually prefer ledger I, I keep a lot of it stored there uh, I also prefer the paper wallets if you're not going to be using them for a very long time and you're just you want to just put them in a safety deposit box and and not even think about them or worry about them for several years that's really more of a long-term move but uh, there's so many great methods to to take your 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 coins or your tokens offline and store them safely and then you've got uh, security that you know you you are being your own bank and you are controlling your own funds, and, and you're not leaving yourself sub susceptible to um, all of this stuff we keep hearing about in the news. Right, right. I mean, there was another article that came out a little while ago on BTT Manager. There's some, like, 700 million uh, in scams uh, that have basically been message scams or ICO scams or whatever. 700 million. Uh, in scams just in the first four months or four months of 2019 alone. That's crazy. It seems like every other week. It, it is crazy, you know, and, and, you know, with Bitcoin and with this cryptocurrency world that we're, we're all entering into, um, there, there's a there's a lot of responsibility that goes with that. You know, if you if you really, truly want to be your own bank, you need to you need to be positioning yourself to, to learn just the basics on how to protect your funds and how to manage your funds and 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 that's the whole point about the Bitcoin concept is you, you no longer are trusting anyone whether it be an exchange or a bank or a, or the government or whoever to to be in control of your funds yeah that makes sense that makes sense so Along with that, I mean, there's a lot of very interesting uh, things that have been happening. I mean, China 
has a, a blockchain investment firm uh, that are getting into, you know, the cannabis industry. Um, you know, what started the whole trash tag thing is a cleanup in the Philippines where uh, you could actually earn a bounty, uh, and I, I believe it was Ethereum. Um, that started the whole trash tag movement. So there's a lot of amazing things that have happened with crypto, but it seems like a lot of the scam artists are coming out of the woodworks uh, and using crypto and giving crypto a bad name. Well, and I think that as, as crypto continues to increase in price, I think it's it's closing in on $6,000 this morning as we speak. Uh, it was just, uh, what, 5400 yesterday. And as, as it starts to become more valuable, which we all feel it's going to do, uh, these scam scams and scam artists are just going to come out of the woodwork. Right, right. I don't know what it is about crypto that seems to attract some of the most interesting characters like McAfee. You know, McAfee now is talking about this uh, crypto debit card um, with the Visa logo on it and everything. And uh, I imagine you could walk into a 7-Eleven, you have, say, a Bitcoin loaded on the card, and you can swipe it and purchase a, a bag of munchies, right? All And it was just, I'm not quite sure how the back end worked, but I presume it's going to convert whatever the U.S. dollar to Bitcoin rate is and deduct the, the amount of Bitcoin from your account. So, so then uh, it, is this like a debit card then? I mean, is it preloaded to where you've got to put in, you know, some some coins, some tokens, some Litecoins, some Ethereum, some Bitcoins, or is it truly a credit card to where you, you, you've got like a $10,000 limit and then at the end of the month you can pay it off in Bitcoin? No, no, it's a full-on debit card. You load it, there's a QR code on the back of the card uh, that has mm -hmm. your Bitcoin deposit address. So you send your Bitcoin to that address and now you can use it anywhere Visa is accepted. Okay. Well, I do recall reading about how what's he going to the first ten thousand are going to have his picture on it or something like that. Yeah, that's right. And and uh, and then after that, uh, I'm not even sure if he knows what he's going to do. Well, he's going to be he's going to run for president in 2020. He that well he's he's going to use it as his platform is the way I understand it and listening to his uh, comments uh, he he has no intentions of becoming president but he is going to use his he's going to use this as a stage to promote cryptocurrencies and to to help major adoption I believe well maybe he just needs to get one of these governments to back him you know Russia is backing Trump you know you got China backing Hillary. You know, Hillary just said, uh, asked China to back her recently. So maybe uh, maybe McAfee just needs to find out which governments will support him. You know, there's, you know, South Korea, Vietnam, there's lots of governments out there, I'm sure, that would love to back McAfee. It's interesting. You know, I, I, I've got my hands full with, with all of these Trying to, trying to understand all of the various different cryptos and, and ICOs and things to where I wouldn't even want to try to factor in the political side. No worries. So, but I, we also got 
John McAfee, uh, the other thing that was interesting is a few weeks back, he claimed to know Satoshi Nakamoto. I mean, there's somebody that could definitely fund his presidential campaign. Um, that's that's fascinating. I mean, if, if, if he knows Satoshi, he's the first person that I've heard of that has claimed, be, besides Craig Wright saying he's Satoshi, he's the first person I've heard of that says they know Satoshi. Well, I think it's possible that he knows it. I mean, I know everybody else says there's no way, it's impossible, he's lying, he's just a tension hog. But there's the one thing that I find very, very interesting is that, uh, you know, Satoshi did at one point leak his IP address. Um, so on January 10, 2009, there was only two people working on uh, Bitcoin. And there was a, uh, a chat log, an IRC chat log, um, that was released that revealed Satoshi and Hal Finney's IP addresses. And these were uh, IP addresses on the public internet, not through a proxy or anything else. Um, so his IP address was definitely revealed at that time, which means that We know that at least at one point in time, he was in Van Nuys, California on January 10, 2009. That was Satoshi. So somebody that has unlimited resources or near unlimited like McAfee does could potentially use that information and to figure out who Satoshi really was. And it's very possible that he did figure out and speak to him, and perhaps for whatever reason he's holding off on letting everybody else know because of some of the legal problems uh, that could come out. Um, if he reveals publicly that information, um, you know, there could be a lot of repercussions. You know, that's like doxing somebody, right? So it's fascinating, absolutely fascinating. So when is the last time the known record that Satoshi, when did he sign off? When was the last correspondence that we have as a record of the last time we heard from him? April 2011, the last uh, verifiable communication to the world was on a forum where he said, I've moved on to other things. It's in good hands with Gavin and everyone. So is there anybody else besides McAfee that claims they know him? No. McAfee's the first uh, to make that claim. I mean, outside of, of course, the Craig Rice of the world that are definitely not McAfee. Well, uh, you know, Hal, Hal has passed away. Hal Finney has passed away. Uh, yes. Gavin, Gavin, for example, or Voorhees, or anybody who back in the early days that – possibly had communication with him. Does anybody claim that they they know who he is? No. Besides, Gavin, okay. Gavin has publicly stated that he never met or even spoke with Satoshi on the phone. He only operated okay. through the BitcoinTalk.org website and IRC chat, and that was it. It's, it's just so strange. I mean, I, I really like McAfee. I know some people hate him, some people like him. 
I'm one that likes him. He, I get a kick out of him. But I, I can't quite get my head around his motive here for making such a bold statement like that and, and what what the objective is. Well, it could be just to get in the spotlight again. You know, I think he uh, likes the limelight. He likes it that much to where he would make a statement like that and, and you know, and whether it be, you know, hypothetically, I, I just I just find it so fascinating that unless it's true, it's just crazy. That's what I mean. What is it about Bitcoin and blockchain and all that that seems to attract <laughs> a lot of these personalities? The crazy, all the crazy people. <laughs> right. Uh, it's true. very much like the early days of the Internet attracting a lot of crazy people, you know, some of which have gone on to make some amazing things like Facebook and Amazon and Twitter and all the things that we use today. So I don't know what the next Amazon will be coming out of crypto, but you know, blockchain is the only monetary technology that is truly secure and does not require your trust. I mean, if you keep your money in a bank account, you're very much at risk as keeping your money on an exchange. You really let's are. Not forget, um, let's there not were, forget about Greece. Yeah, Greece, right? Venezuela. You know, you got the problem with the uh, currency just doing the huge nosedive, right? Um, and if you keep it in U.S. banks, it's possible it'll get seized for whatever reason. So, wouldn't be the first time. The only way to keep your money really safe is to keep it on a ledger. That really is the only way. Um, yeah. And with that comes a lot of possibilities, I think. You know, the ability to do like, and later in the week we'll talk about salt care, what they're doing. Uh, we'll have an interview with Prati with salt care, and they have some very amazing news where they're bringing on you know, potentially tens of millions of people onto their platform because it is such a superior platform backed by blockchain. Um, you know, so there's a lot of these blockchain projects that are interesting, but, uh, but by the same token, it seems like media and all these folks seem to focus almost exclusively on these crazy things. So it's interesting, well, you know. That's the media for you, you know. Well, we got Tim Draper, um, who reached out to me a, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so let's talk about him. What do, you, what do you think of Tim Draper? Well, I think he's another very interesting individual. I mean, anybody who is in a, uh, a billionaire status, uh, which I'm not, fascinates me. And, and he's obviously been a very strong advocate for Bitcoin for a very long time. <clears throat> He's still very much uh, a believer. I, didn't he say he felt it hit 250,000 by 2020 and McAfee was at like a million or something? Yeah, that's right. So everybody's got a prediction, you know, and uh, everybody's got a crystal ball. Uh, mine doesn't seem to be functioning as well as I'd like to have it function here. Um, it seems like every time I've 
I make a decision that goes the other way. But um, you know, these these people um, have a lot of resources, and they're they're plugged into a lot of uh, other uh, very educated individuals. So uh, you you kind of have to uh, at least pay attention to what they have to say. Is that correct? Yeah, I'd agree. Well, I uh, I managed to ask him a few questions uh, toward uh, while I was over at Ford's, and um, so the first question I asked him was, "What is your vision for the next ten years of cryptocurrency?" And he wrote back, "Over the next ten years, I believe we will see." The decentralization of everything, from insurance to healthcare to government, the world will open up, and with it, a very dynamic and ubiquitous crypto economy. I suspect people will still be using fiat, but they will be the dinosaurs. I'm excited to see Morpher build this platform to trade anything. There is so much demand for a platform without a counterparty. So what do, you, what do you think about what he said there? Well, I I think that that's uh, an interesting concept for sure. And, you know, uh, I think there's still going to be people using some fiat, but it's hard to say what that percentage is going to be. Well, he was talking about the decentralization of everything, including government. I mean, holy cow, gov I mean – I know, uh, what is it, Lieberland is like one of the first uh, kind of a government that adopted cryptocurrency at the platform, but I can't imagine the U.S. government uh, decentralizing and using blockchain. I mean, I can't even imagine what that would look like. I can't either at this point. I, I can't get my head around it. And insurance, though, could probably very easily be decentralized. Uh, so I think there's some industries that will probably uh, go full on to decentralization over others. Um, but could you imagine, like, being able to buy a car without necessarily having to deal with dealers or salespeople or anything, a decentralized car company? That would be absolutely awesome, that or any other big ticket item, a house or a boat or something. Yeah, I think all of those things could probably be decentralized. You know, they just they just need to have a place like uh, eBay that is right. for cryptocurrencies where people have their wares or services that they're interested in exchanging, bartering for cryptocurrencies, however you want to label it. And, um, and and I think it's coming. You know, it's just, you know, it, it, decentralization, I think, is the future. It's just as, as, we, as we get smarter and we develop more more tools and more apps to be able to, to leverage, and then the community comes together, and uh, we have more major adoption where people can uh, can see the advantages of being able to swap their their coins or their tokens for merchandise, and uh, and avoid um, you know uh, an awful lot of the the challenges that we're having to deal with today called inflation. Right, right. Well, along with that, I know one of the stepping stones to cryptocurrencies is um, stablecoins like USDT, which is under fire right now, but it's others like DAI um, and 
quite a few more are coming. Then along with that, Facebook is talking about creating a, a stable coin possibly. Um, so I asked him, are there plans to approach other companies besides Facebook to create more stable coins? And he replies, I believe stable coins, other than those tied to oil or other commodities, are a stepping stone to a full crypto world. I think some of them will be successful, but long term is all about Bitcoin and crypto. Tying tokens to a political currency defeats a large part of the purpose. People can use more for the trade crypto and, and stable fiat and commodities. Long term, I suspect that the largest market will be Bitcoin trading. So even Tim thinks Bitcoin is going to be the big winner over the long run. You know, he, he always has felt that. And, and to be honest with you, I've always felt that too. Does that mean I haven't diversified into some other coins or tokens? Uh, sure. Uh, it's, it's fun to play around and dabble and, and watch them and so forth. But I really feel that Bitcoin is, you know, it's, it's the industry standard. It's got a 10-year track record now. Uh, it's been how many times have they put it into the obituaries and uh, you know it, it's continually gets drugged through the swamp and and uh, and and is hanging in there so uh, it's it's a great track record and um, it, it's going to be pretty hard to to feel that something's going to dethrone it quite right well I think uh, I think as far as introducing the idea of cryptocurrency to uh, peop other people, I think stablecoins are a great way to do that because you can now play with the technology. Um, you know the idea of the public keys and everything out without the fear that you're going to potentially lose money. Of course, you may not gain money. Uh, but the overriding fear that, you know, your dollars are going to be worth less. So I think it's a great way for Davis to experiment with the blockchain technology um, and all the different elements around it without uh, worrying about the price so much, you know. I totally agree. You know, it's, it, it is a great tool or avenue to to test the waters and to do some experimentation. I mean, could, wouldn't you consider, you consider like Tether or uh, Coinbase Pro, would you consider their USD coin, a, is, is that kind of a stable coin? It's not a true stable coin. It's only usable on the Coinbase platform. Uh, that's okay. the key. I mean, again, exchanges, they, a lot of times they lock you in. Um, so you can't do what you want to do. USDT and DAI, DAI, uh, which is Ethereum-based, are uh, two of the ones that you can actually put on uh, your ledger or your other hardware wallet and keep it secure. Um, oh, so okay. if you have, for example, a thousand USDT, um, you can prove that you have it. You can prove it to yourself. It'll be on the blockchain. There's a history of it. And that's the key, is uh, being able to prove that the money is there and the money is yours. You know, if you right. have a, a bank statement showing that you have $1,000 in it, 
Well, at the time of the statement, you had a thousand, but they can change it at any time. No. So, along with that, I think user adoption is key, as I asked Tim Draper. Are there any plans to encourage consumers and businesses to utilize Bitcoin and other cryptos? He replied, yes, we had just backed, sorry, yes, we just backed OpenNode. They are making Bitcoin much more approachable for, for people to use without friction. So OpenNode is actually a payment processing company that uh, Tim Draper invested $1.25 million into. Um, and so they're going to try to expand their operation. I think they're trying to be uh, better than BitPay, right, where they use Lightning Network um, and they can uh, convert from Bitcoin to dollars. Um, they have hardly any fees, it's less than a penny uh, for fees. Um, and of course, there's no, for merchants, it's great, there's no such thing as a chargeback. So, uh, you know, I just did a, an eBay transaction. I sold an old iPad I had, and, uh, uh, the, the, and I had pictures of it. I had proof that it was in working condition. I, you know, sent it off, and the buyer bought it, and uh, basically I think they had buyer's remorse for whatever reason. And they knew eBay's system, and they gamed eBay's system uh, to force eBay to take the money out of my PayPal account. And that just isn't right. Chargeback is, I think, a very evil mechanism they have. So, um, but with crypto, uh, there's no such thing as chargeback. You know, so a buyer and seller can get together through a transaction. And conceivably, everybody's happy at that point. Okay. So, Dave, any thoughts on merchants adopting crypto? Um, you know, I, I know that there's been a lot of controversial organizations. One of them is BitPay. Um and I know that there's some, some really good ways to adopt Bitcoin, and there's some that you need to look out for. Uh, I'm not a merchant, so I haven't really studied up on the latest, greatest um, companies that are providing that service at this point. But if someone is interested in, in accepting Bitcoin for their merchandise, it, it would definitely be worth their while to do some investigation on that, and I, I assume that um, you know if, if with this podcast, uh, if they had questions, they could possibly leave them with us. Is that correct, Jefferson, or what? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So the next question I asked him was: uh, Bitcoin goes up, Bitcoin gets banned by China, Bitcoin goes down, and it's accumulated by China. How can we uh, counter this endless cycle? So basically, I asked Tim Draper about the Bitcoin gets, gets banned by China, and what does he think about it? Uh, so Tim replied, actually a great reply. He says, I think the Chinese government needs to open back up. There's a major brain drain going on in Beijing since China banned Bitcoin and Japan made Bitcoin a national currency. Governments need to recognize that their citizens are mobile and that they need to do things to attract them the way Japan does, not repel them the way China does. 
Fascinating, huh? It really is. Yeah, you know, China. They they've pulled this. This is like Lucy with the football. You yeah, know, right. they they've they've done this so many times. It's like a bell ringing. So hopefully, um, governments of the world will recognize that there's no getting away from cryptocurrency. Um, the last question I asked him. Uh, Given the environmental concerns lately, are there any projects that combine cryptocurrencies with environmental reforms to save our planet? He replies, I don't think environmental concerns just happened lately. Yes, there are some tokens that are tied to ecology. I suspect that they will emulate cap and trade, and the trade part can be done on Morphers. So it's really interesting that uh, even Tim uh, is working on ways of uh, creating a, a cleaner planet, for example, using uh, cryptocurrency. It is. He's 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 one of the brilliant minds out there, like Elon Musk and and many of the others that are that are trying to use their resources and use technology to to make our planet a better place to live. Yeah, I mean, Elon Musk, he said one word a few days ago. He said Ethereum. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. And then every, didn't everybody say that he was pumping Ethereum or something? Or Yeah, so, but even he's getting into it. So hmm. I think everybody's getting into crypto, trying to figure it out. And uh, we'll be here to try to unpack some of this stuff and uh, to make sense of it all. So uh, definitely – Join us over the next few days. We're going to talk about uh, and actually subscribe uh, so that you can be notified when we have a new podcast come out. Uh, we're going to be talking about healthcare. We're going to be talking about stuff that matters uh, to everybody in their daily lives, um, not just you know what the price of Bitcoin is or uh, what the whales are doing. We're actually more interested in what the Main Street is doing. Uh, and if you got an idea for the show or you have somebody you want us to talk to, uh, definitely subscribe and then use the link on there to write in and uh, post your ideas. And we'll definitely check it out, get, get a hold of these people, and find out what's really going on. So, uh, again, I'm Jefferson. Uh, my cohort here is David. Um, we're going to be here Monday through Friday, five days a week, unpacking Bitcoin. This is Around the Blockchain with Jefferson and David. That's our show. Okay, doke. So uh, it's stopped recording at this point. Yeah, take me a second to click the button there. So uh, that was just more of a. That was just a. This has been a production of BTC Manager Around the Block with Jeff and Dave.